Section 10 of Rachel Ray. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Piper Hayes. Rachel Ray by Anthony Trollope. Chapter 10. Luke Rowan declares his plans as to the brewery. The truth is, T, there was some joking among the young people about the wine, and then Rowan went and ordered it. This was Mrs. Tappitt's explanation about the champagne made to her husband on the night of the ball, before she was allowed to go to sleep. But this by no means satisfied him. He did not choose, as he declared, that any young man should order whatever he might think necessary for his house. Then Mrs. Tappitt made it worse. To tell the truth, T, I think it was intended as a present to the girls. We are doing a great deal to make him comfortable, you know, and i fancy he thought it right to make them this little return she should have known her husband better it was true that he grudged the cost of the wine but he would have preferred to endure that to the feeling that his table had been supplied by another man by a young man whom he wished to regard as subject to himself but who would not be subject and at whom he was beginning to look with very unfavourable eyes a present to the girls i tell you i won't have such presents and if it was so i think he has been very impertinent very impertinent indeed i shall tell him so and i shall insist on paying for the wine and i must say you ought not to have taken it oh dear t i have been working so hard all night and i do think you ought to let me go to sleep now instead of scolding me on the following morning the party was of course discussed in the tappitt family under various circumstances at the breakfast-table mrs rowan with her son and daughter were present and then a song of triumph was sung everything had gone off with honour and glory and the brewery had been immortalised for years to come mrs butler cornbury's praises were spoken with some little drawback of a sneer on them because she had made such a fuss with that girl rachel ray and then the girls had told of their partners and luke had declared it all to have been superb but when the rowans backs were turned and the tappets were alone together others besides old tappet himself had words to say in dispraise of luke mrs tappet had been much inclined to make little of her husband's objections to the young man while she hoped that he might possibly become her son-in-law he might have been a thorn in the brewery among the vats but he would have been a flourishing young bay-tree in the outer world of baslehurst she had however no wish to encourage the growth of a thorn within her own premises in order that rachel ray or such as she might have the advantage of the bay-tree luke rowan had behaved very badly at her party not only had he failed to distinguish either of her own girls but he had as mrs tappitt said made himself so conspicuous with that foolish girl that all the world had been remarking it mrs butler cornbury seemed to think it all right said cherry mrs butler cornbury is not everybody said mrs tappitt i didn't think it right i can assure you and what's more your papa didn't think it right and he was going on all the evening as though he were quite master in the house said augusta he was ordering the musicians to do this and that all the evening he'll find that he's not master your papa is going to speak to him this very day what about rachel asked cherry in dismay 
"'About things in general,' said Mrs. Tappitt. Then Mary Rowan returned to the room, and they all went back upon the glories of the ball. "'I think it was nice,' said Mrs. Tappitt, simpering. "'I'm sure there was no trouble spared, nor yet expense.' She knew that she ought not to have uttered that last word, and she would have refrained if it had been possible to her, but it was not possible. The man who tells you how much his wine costs a dozen knows that he is wrong while the words are in his mouth but they are in his mouth and he cannot restrain them mr tappitt was not about to lecture luke rowan as to his conduct in regard to rachel ray he found some difficulty in speaking to his would-be partner even on matters of business in a proper tone and with becoming authority as he was so much the senior and rowan so much the junior some such tone of superiority was as he thought indispensable but he had great difficulty in assuming it rowan had a way with him that was not exactly a way of submission and tappitt would certainly not have dared to encounter him on any such matter as his behaviour in a drawing-room when the time came he had not even the courage to allude to those champagne bottles and it may be as well explained that rowan paid the little bill at griggs without further reference to the matter but the question of the brewery management was a matter vital to tappitt there among the vats he had reigned supreme since bungle ceased to be king and for continual mastery there it was worth his while to make a fight that he was under difficulties even in that fight he had already begun to know he could not talk luke rowan down and make him go about his work in an orderly everyday business-like fashion luke rowan would not be talked down nor would he be orderly not according to mr tappitt's orders no doubt mr tappitt under these circumstances could decline the partnership and this he was disposed to do but he had been consulting lawyers consulting papers and looking into old accounts and he had reason to fear that under bungall's will luke rowan would have the power of exacting from him much more than he was inclined to give you'd better take him into the concern the lawyer had said a young head is always useful not when the young head wants to be master tappitt had answered if i'm to do that the whole thing will go to the dogs he did not exactly explain to the lawyer that rowan had carried his infatuation so far as to be desirous of brewing good beer but he did make it very clear that such a partner would in his eyes be anything but desirable then upon my word i think you'll have to give him the ten thousand pounds i don't even know but what the demand is moderate this was very bad news to tappitt but suppose i haven't got ten thousand pounds now it was very well known that the property and the business were worth money and the lawyer suggested that rowan might take steps to have the whole concern sold probably he might buy it himself and undertake to pay you so much a year suggested the lawyer but this view of the matter was not at all in accordance with mr tappitt's ideas he had been brewer in baslehurst for nearly thirty years and still wished to remain so mrs tappitt had been of opinion that all difficulties might be overcome if only luke would fall in love with one of her girls 
Mrs. Rowan had been invited to Baslehurst, specially with a view to some such arrangement. But Luke Rowan, as it seemed to them both now, was an obstinate young man, who, in matters of beer as well as in matters of love, would not be guided by those who best knew how to guide him. Mrs. Tappet had watched him closely at the ball, and had now given him up altogether. He had danced only once with Augusta, and then had left her the moment the dance was over. I should offer him a hundred and fifty pounds a year out of the concern, and if he didn't like that, let him lump it, said Mrs. Tappet. Lump it, said Mr. Tappet. That means going to a London lawyer. He felt the difficulties of his position as he prepared to speak his mind to young Rowan on the morning after the party, but on that occasion his strongest feeling was in favor of expelling the intruder. Any lot in life would be preferable to working in the brewery with such a partner as Luke Rowan. "'I suppose your head's hardly cool enough for business,' he said as Luke came in and took a stool in his office. Tappet was sitting in his customary chair, with his arm resting on a large old-fashioned leather-covered table, which was strewed with his papers, and which had never been reduced to cleanliness or order within the memory of anyone connected with the establishment. He had turned his chair round from its accustomed place, so as to face Rowan, who had perched himself on a stool, which was commonly occupied by a boy whom Tappet employed in his own office. "'My head not cool,' said Rowan. "'It's as cool as a cucumber. "'I wasn't drinking last night. "'I thought you might be tired with the dancing.' "'Then Tappet's mind flew off to the champagne, "'and he determined that the young man before him "'was too disagreeable to be endured. "'Oh, dear, no. "'Those things never tire me. "'I was across here with the men before eight this morning.' do you know i'm sure we could save a third of the fuel by altering the flues i never saw such contrivances they must have been put in by the coal merchants for the sake of wasting coal if you please we won't mind the flues at present i only tell you it's for your sake much more than my own if you won't believe me do you ask newman to look at them the first time you see him in baslehurst I don't care a straw for Newman. He's got the best concerns in Devonshire and knows what he's about better than any man in these parts. I dare say, but now, if you please, we won't mind him. The concerns, as I have managed them, have done very well for me the last thirty years, very well, I may say, also for your uncle, who understood what he was doing. I'm not very keen for so many changes. They cost a great deal of money, and as far as I can see, don't often lead to much profit. If we don't go on with the world, said Rowan, the world will leave us behind. Look at the new machinery they're introducing everywhere. People don't do it because they like to spend their money. It's competition, and there's competition in beer as well as in other things. For a minute or two, Mr. Tappet sat in silence collecting his thoughts, and then he began his speech. I'll tell you what it is, Rowan. I don't like these new-fangled ways. They're very well for you, I dare say. You are young, and perhaps you may see your way. I'm old, and I don't see mine among all these changes. It's clear to me that you and I could not go on together as partners in the same concern. I should expect to have my own way, 
first because i've a deal of experience and next because my share in the concern would be so much the greatest stop a moment mr tappitt i'm not quite sure that it would be much the greatest i don't want to say anything about that now only if i were to let your remark pass without notice it would seem that i had assented ah very well i can only say that i hope you'll find yourself mistaken i've been over thirty years in the concern and it would be odd if i with my large family were to find myself only equal to you who have never been in the business at all and ain't even married yet i don't see what being married has to do with it don't you you'll find that's the way we look at these things down in these parts you're not in london here mr rowan certainly not but i suppose the laws are the same this is an affair of capital capital said mr tappitt i don't know that you've brought in any capital bungle did and i'm here as his representative but you'd better let that pass by just at present if we can agree as to the management of the business you won't find me a hard man to deal with as to our relative shares hereupon tappitt scratched his head and tried to think but i don't see how we are to agree about the management he continued you won't be led by anybody i don't know about that i certainly want to improve the concern ah yes and so ruin it whereas i've been making money out of it these thirty years you and i won't do together that's the long of it and the short of it it would be putting of a new wine into old bottles you think suggested rowan i'm not saying anything about wine but i do think that i ought to know something about beer and i'm to understand said rowan that you have definitely determined not to carry on the old concern in conjunction with me as your partner yes i think i have but it will be as well to be sure one can't allow oneself to depend on thinking well i am sure i've made up my mind i've no doubt you're a very clever young man but i am quite sure we should not do together and to tell you the truth rowan i don't think you'll ever make your fortune by brewing you think not no never i'm sorry for that i don't know that you need to be sorry you'll have a nice income for a single man to begin the world with and there's other businesses besides brewing and a deal better ah but i've made up my mind to be a brewer i like it there's opportunity for chemical experiments and room for philosophical inquiry which gives the trade a charm in my eyes i dare say it seems odd to you but i like being a brewer tappitt only scratched his head and stared at him i do indeed continued rowan now a man can't do anything to improve his own trade as a lawyer a great deal will be done but i've made up my mind that all that must come from the outside all trades want improving but i like a trade in which i can do the improvements myself from the inside do you understand me mr tappitt mr tappitt did not understand him was very far indeed from understanding him with such ideas as those i don't think baslehurst is the ground for you said mr tappitt the very ground said rowan that's just it it's the very place i want brewing as i take it is at a lower ebb here than in any other part of england this at any rate was not complimentary to the brewer of thirty years standing than in any other part of england 
the people swill themselves with the nasty juice of the apple because sound malt and hops have never been brought within their reach i think devonshire is the very county for a man who means to work hard and who wishes to do good and in all devonshire i don't think there's a more fitting town than baslehurst mr tappitt was dumbfounded did this young man mean him to understand that it was his intention to open a rival establishment under his nose to set up with bungles money another brewery in opposition to bungles brewery could such ingratitude as that be in the mind of any one oh said tappitt i don't quite understand but i don't doubt but what you say is all very fine i don't think that it's fine at all mr tappitt but i believe that it's true i represent mr bungle's interest here in baslehurst and i intend to carry on mr bungle's business in the town in which he established it this is mr bungle's business this here where i'm sitting and it is in my hands the use of these premises depends on you certainly yes and the name of the firm and the the in point of fact this is the old establishment i never heard of such a thing in all my life quite true it is the old establishment and if i should set up another brewery here as i think it probable i may i shall not make use of bungle's name in the first place it would hardly be fair and in the next place by all accounts he brewed such very bad beer that it would not be a credit to me if you'll tell me what your plan is then i'll tell you mine you'll find that everything shall be above board mr tappitt my plan i've got no plan i mean to go on here as i have always done but i suppose you intend to come to some arrangement with me my claims are these i will either come into this establishment on an equal footing with yourself as regards share and management or else i shall look to you to give me the sum of money to which my lawyers tell me i am entitled in fact you must either take me in or buy me out i was thinking of a settled income no it wouldn't suit me i have told you what are my intentions and to carry them out i must either have a concern of my own or a share in a concern a settled income would do me no good two hundred a year suggested tappitt three per cent would give me three hundred ten thousand pounds is out of the question you know very well mr tappitt i can't say anything fairer than i have done it will suit my own views much the best to start alone but i do not wish to oppose you if i can help it start alone i certainly will if i cannot come in here on my own terms after that there was nothing more said tappitt turned round pretending to read his letters and rowan descending from his seat walked out into the yard of the brewery his intention had been ever since he had looked around him in baslehurst to be master of that place or if not of that to be master of some other it would break my heart to be sending out such stuff as that all my life he said to himself as he watched the muddy stream run out of the shallow coolers he had resolved that he would brew good beer as to that ambition of putting down the consumption of cider i myself am inclined to think that the habits of the country would be too strong for him at the present moment he lighted a cigar and sauntered about the yard he had now for the first time spoken openly of his purpose to mr tappitt but having done so he resolved that there should be no more delay 
"'I'll give him till Saturday for an answer,' he said. "'If he isn't ready with one by that time, I'll manage it through the lawyers.' After that he turned his mind to Rachel Ray and the events of the past evening. He had told Rachel that he would go out to Bragg's End if she did not come into town, and he was quite resolved that he would do so. He knew well that she would not come in, understanding exactly those feelings of hers which would prevent it. Therefore his walk to Bragg's End on that afternoon was a settled thing with him. They were to dine at the brewery at three, and he would go almost immediately after dinner. But what would he say to her when he got there, and what would he say to her mother? He had not even yet made up his mind that he would positively ask her, on that day, to be his wife, and yet he felt that if he found her at home, he would undoubtedly do so. "'I'll arrange it all,' said he, as I am walking over." Then he threw away the end of his cigar, and wandered about for the next half-hour among the vats and tubs and furnaces. Mr. Tappet took himself into the house as soon as he found himself able to do so without being seen by young Rowan. He took himself into the house in order that he might consult with his wife as to this unexpected revelation that had been made to him, or rather that he might have an opportunity of saying to someone all the hard things which were now crowding themselves upon his mind with reference to this outrageous young man. Had anything ever been known or heard or told equal in enormity to this wickedness? He was to be called upon to find capital for the establishment of a rival in his own town, or else he was to bind himself in a partnership with a youth who knew nothing of his business, but was nevertheless resolved to constitute himself the chief manager of it. He, who had been so true to Bungle in his young days, was now to be sacrificed in his old age to Bungle's audacious representative." in the first glow of his anger he declared to his wife that he would pay no money and admit of no partnership if rowan did not choose to take his income as old mrs bungle had taken hers he might seek what redress the law would give him it was in vain that mrs tappet suggested that they would all be ruined then we will be ruined said tappet hot with indignation but all baslehurst all devonshire shall know why pernicious young man he could not explain he could not even quite understand in what the atrocity of rowan's proposed scheme consisted but he was possessed by a full conviction that it was atrocious he had admitted this man into his house he was even now entertaining as his guests the man's mother and sister he had allowed him to have the run of the brewery so that he had seen both the nakedness and the fat of the land and this was to be his reward. If I were to tell it at the reading-room, said Tappet, he would never be able to show himself again in the high street. Mrs. Tappet, who was anxious but not enraged, did not see the matter quite in the same light, but she was not able to oppose her husband in his indignation. When she suggested that it might be well for them to raise money and pay off their enemy's claim, merely stipulating that a rival brewery should not be established in baslehurst he swore an oath that he would raise no money for such a purpose he would have no dealings with so foul a traitor except through his lawyer honeyman but honeyman thinks you'd better settle with him pleaded mrs t 
"'Then I'll go to another lawyer,' said Tappet. "'If Honeyman won't stand to me, I'll go to Sharpet and Longfight. "'They won't give way as long as there's a leg to stand on.' "'For the time Mrs. Tappet let this pass. "'She knew how useless it would be to tell her husband, at the present moment, "'that Sharpet and Longfight would be the only winners in such a contest as that of which he spoke. "'At the present moment Mr. Tappet felt a pride in his anger.' and was almost happy in the fury of his wrath. But Mrs. Tappet was very wretched. If that nasty girl, Rachel Ray, had not come in the way, all might have been well. "'He shan't eat another meal in this house,' said Tappet. "'I don't care,' he went on, when his wife pleaded that Luke Rowan must be admitted to their table because of Mrs. Rowan and Mary. "'You can say what you like to them.' they're welcome to stay if they like it or welcome to go but he shan't put his feet under my mahogany again on this point however he was brought to relent before the hour of dinner baslehurst his wife told him would be against him if he turned his guests away from his house hungry if a fight was necessary for them it would be everything to them that baslehurst should be with them in the fight it was therefore arranged that mrs tappet should have a conversation with mrs rowan after dinner while the young people were out in the evening he shan't sleep in this house to-morrow said tappet riveting his assertion with very strong language and mrs tappet understood that her communications were to be carried on upon that basis at three o'clock the tappets and rowans all sat down to dinner mr tappet ate his meal in absolute silence but the young people were full of the ball and the elder ladies were very gracious to each other at such entertainments paterfamilias is simply required to find the provender and to carve it if he does that satisfactorily silence on his part is not regarded as a great evil mrs tappet knew that her husband's mood was not happy and martha may have remarked that all was not right with her father to the others i am inclined to think his ill-humour was a matter of indifference End of chapter 10